our Undersecretary uh, for Policy, Rob Silvers, is co-chair uh, with our Principal Deputy General Counsel, Jennifer Daskal, in um, leading a just recently constituted uh, a misinformation, disinformation governance board. So we're bringing, uh, the goal is to bring the resources of the department together to address this threat. A what? The threat. Like what threat? The narrative. Uh, that I, I doesn't even make any sense. That's that's what is that? Mayorkas? I can't even. I don't even know these these douchebags from one from the other. Welcome to the not. I'm not Big Bird. Welcome to the Dana Show. I, yesterday, I know everybody was like Dana. You said yesterday it was it was Thursday and that tomorrow was Friday. You're right. I did, and I don't care. In my mind, it is, but it's actually Thursday. So welcome to the show. It's good good to be with you this Thursday. We're, I mean, at some point, we're all going to be dragged off somewhere, I would just imagine. Our government, ladies and gentlemen, if you get my new, my email newsletter over at Substack, Chapter and Verse, which you should get, we have a legit ministry of truth. Dun, dun, dun. I don't even know, like, what... What they're, what they're actually going to be, what the point of any of this is, what the point of their ministry of whatever is. Uh, well, I mean, they want to control information. I mean, dude, Elon Musk does it. I mean, it's not even two days that the guy buys Twitter. Actually, a little maybe like what now? It's been almost what? Four? And they already have a ministry of truth because they're, in, they're insane. They are freaking out over their loss of control. I will probably be one of the, I would be one of the first to get in trouble with that completely because nothing that I, nothing that I say they would like. They did, you know what? There was something like this before. Do y'all remember back in, I, I, it was in 2008. It was the summer of 2008 and it was in St. Louis. I wrote about it. This is when I just had my little local radio show at the time and it was Bob McCullough and Jennifer Joyce. The Bob McCullough, who later got super famous because he was the DA that was involved in the situation with the Michael Brown uh, uh, shooting. But Bob McCullough and Jennifer Joyce, because Bob McCullough is a Democrat. That's what I always thought was funny. Like the left was assailing Bob McCullough. And they were like, you're protecting, you know, the cop. And that when the cop was told, there was no hands up, don't shoot. Brown had forensic, you know, I mean, there were three independent. I'm not going to relitigate it. The dude FAFDO. I mean, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate that he made those choices. Those are not choices that I would have made. But I digress. Everybody hated Bob McCullough, but I'm like, but he's a Democrat. Like, y'all are eating yourselves. Stop it. Anyway, long story short, back in 08, they literally put together a truth squad. It was a legit truth squad. Do you remember this? They had, it was one of them sheriffs. I don't, what, was it Jeffco Sheriff? Jefferson County Sheriff? I don't know. May, I think it may have been. It was some like Democrat sheriff. Like these cats came together and they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna make us a true squad." And if there's anybody who's talking shenanigans about candidate Senator Barack Obama, we're gonna do something. We don't know what, but we're gonna do something. They legit made a true squad. I wrote about it and I talked about it on air. And they got so much grief that they couldn't do anything because and it made national headlines. People collectively recoiled in horror. They're like, if you say anything untrue, well, what are you going to classify as untrue? The fact that he started his candidate in the home of a domestic terrorist? Because that's true. That's Bill Ayers. I had a friend 
who went with Tucker Carlson to have dinner with Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers and my friend Andrew Breitbart at the time, who's, you know, God rest his soul, said, uh, what was what did he say? These canapes are the bomb, Bill, or something like that. He was joking with him. But my point is that we've seen we've seen something like this before. They love doing this stuff. The left loves making lists and they love creating like these little boards of government. I don't even know what this thing is supposed to be for. I mean, this is, it's its pointless, but they're creating it. Now, here's the thing. I found some of the tweets of the, the broad that's running it. And uh, this disinformation board, it's headed by a woman who is a self-proclaimed Russian ex- Russia expert. And she previously said, that the Hunter Biden laptop, which legit has been confirmed by law enforcement and is legit in police custody, she had said that it was uh, a, quote, Trump campaign product. And she had previously said that she, quotes shudders to think, end quote, about Musk taking over Twitter. Nina Jankowitz. She is, and she just told NPR this last week. She's like, I shudder to think about more free speech on Twitter. She, well, she's basically, that's what she's saying. This lady who actively participated in Russian misinformation is going to be the head of the uh, Disinformation Governance Board as its executive director. Now, Alejandro Mayorkas, he's the DHS secretary that we opened the show with, and you heard him speaking. He did not actually disclose what powers were going to be granted to this very Orwellian-sounding thing. We, We don't know. We don't know what they're going to, what she's going to be able to do. Probably some shenanigans. This is not a chick that I would get along with in real life. Just sidebar real quick. You know what I mean? Like some of these people in government, I hate the fact that some of them are like, I would bully you in school. I would target you and single you out because sometimes you just need that. She just, she just seems uh, smirky and she hates conservatives. She hates free speech. She was on government NPR going off about how she couldn't stand. She shudders to think. If you're shuddering over more free speech, you might be a tyrant. Just a thought. The only thing that Mayorka said, and that's why I'm not playing any more of his speech, because it was just basically nothing, is that the board is going to tackle disinformation ahead of November midterms. Wait, here's the kicker. Especially in Hispanic communities, because apparently... I. <laughs> I don't know, you know, because Hispanic Americans don't like Biden. Maybe they're freaking out because of that. You think that's a that's a possibility? They don't like socialism. How do you think that? Yeah, they don't like socialism. So how do you think a Ministry of Truth board is going to play in the Hispanic community in the United States? Let's just take a guess. How do you think that's going to play out? Just saying. The board, Mayorkas said, is going to come under the Biden-era Center for Prevention Programs and Partnerships, meaning they have absolutely no statutory authority to do anything. So they're going to basically waste all of our money on it. That's essentially what it is. So they said that that's, 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 that's what they're doing. So Jankowitz, she said that she, she tweeted out that she was the head of the board she said, cat's out of the bag. Here's what I've been up to the past two months. Well, it's been quiet here. And then she said, 
She actually tweeted out and quoted herself on April 27th. She said, quote, last week I told NPR I shudder to think about if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms. Oh, my gosh. Free speech absolutists. If you're not an absolutist for free speech, you're not for free speech. That's like you can't be a little pregnant. You're either for free speech or you're against free speech. There's no, I'm kind of, you know, no, there's nothing like that. There is no qualifier. It is a black or white area. That is all it is. Kane, she sounds like a trip. (laughs) She's a party. Oh, man. She's one of those who takes selfies with T-shirts and is like, look at my statement. I'm helping like Ralph with the Simpson style. Hmm. So, yeah, how is she going to be able to determine what is or is not disinformation? Again, kind of a rhetorical question. When she was saying the laptop doesn't exist, even though it totally did exist, it was confirmed as existing. And then all of the stuff that was coming out about it. Yeah, we know it exists. You can't say that it doesn't exist. Well, we know it exists. And the FBI said that it, it exists because it's in their custody. It's not how any of this works. Whew. Now, in other news, ladies and gentlemen, I don't think that Dower, um, I, st- I think I'm, I-, I still think I'm kind of being softly shadow banned, but I am noticing a little bit more of an engagement, but I still think I'm being softly shadow banned on Twitter, but not, be- and it's really weird because there will be sometimes where I will uh, ask, a, like, I'll say something and nobody, nobody, people will go back and forth and say, and I see you or I don't see you. And yesterday, yesterday evening, I noticed I wasn't coming up in searches again. If I went to search my handle and Twitter search, it wouldn't come up. Somebody's doing some shenanigans again. Just saying. I mean, how, how is it like when you search your tweets on Twitter and then stuff from like five years would come up, but nothing new? How does that work? Right? That's some shenanigans. It's just saying. But at least I'm not losing 3,000 followers a day anymore. Right? All right. So the uh, U.S. economy shrank at 1.4% annual rate last quarter, despite solid spending. Oh my gosh, you guys, the way that the media has been trying to to spin this. Audio soundbite 16, ladies and gentlemen, this is a trip. During COVID, we've had a lot of weird economic numbers, and we just got another one. Uh, The U.S. economy contracted at an annual rate of 1.4% during the first quarter. Um, This is the first contraction since the second quarter of 2020 when COVID turned the world upside down. Now, this is not that. As you can see, that was a contraction of 31%. This is a contraction of 1.4%. Now, if we zoom in, we can see that, you know, clearly the economy has slowed down in the last few quarters. I think the key here is why that has happened. Um, We shouldn't panic about these numbers because... The weakness has been driven by some quirky components here. First of all, there's the fact that COVID uh, was Um, erupting again in the first quarter of this year. We had Omicron causing all these disruptions. We also had um, the lapsing of some of the pandemic assistance. Those two factors were called out by the government. Really? Are you really believing this? No, no one's. What a goofball. You could hear that. You could hear the wheel spinning in his head. Oh, my gosh. How are we going to how are we going to do this? How is how is this going to work? The New York Times, guys, I got to share this tweet with you. This is their headline. 
this is a real headline. I'm not making this up just for the record. Quote, breaking news. The U.S. economy shrank in the first quarter, but the numbers may mask the recovery's resilience. Um, wait, how is how is it a recovery if just hear me out, just hear me out. How is it a recovery if the economy shrank? Out of curiosity. Anybody know? No? Well, mm-hmm. All I know is that energy makes up a large portion of our economy. And the fact that Biden from day one, even on the campaign trail, has been promising a war on energy uh, in this country. It's no surprise to me that we are where we are. These people act like it's a big surprise and, you know, it's really better than it is. And this whole it's it's absurd. Mm-hmm. It's awful. This is, they said GDP adjusted for inflation, de- inflation declined and uh, that, yeah, it's bad. But they said that it could hide the economy's, you know, the recovery strength, though. No one believes that. We have more to come because we're going to talk about exactly, you know, transitory is one year old today, by the way. One year old, transitory. We've got that. We've got tech. We've got woke. Two words, invisible lesbians. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to lay that down there on the table for you. I got thoughts you don't want to miss. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972 to Patriot today. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so I uh, didn't have the progressive suggesting that the best way to support Black Lives Matter is with a statue that honors a white dude who has a history of domestic abuse and also strangulation on my 2022 bingo card, but dude, uh, yeah, uh, that's what we have. Uh, it's a con- in Kenosha. They were having a meeting discussing a memorial for a dude that was shot by Rittenhouse and it got heated. They want to memorialize Anthony Huber, the guy who was hitting Rittenhouse with his skateboard, who has a violent record. Yeah, I don't think so. What, a memorial to him? If you want a memorial to him, get off your skinny white meth-addled ass and why don't you go ahead and build one yourself to your hippie, drugged-out, violent, dead ex. The end. Seriously? Are we going to rustle? Like, we're we're expected to tickle the jimmies of these degenerates? Seriously. No, I don't think so. That's how you handle that, right? Just nip it. So, 
Additionally, this from the BBC, Kane, Biden announces $33 billion to help Ukraine in war. Have, did you just read the headline about our economy? Yeah. Anybody, right? Yeah. And he and he wants to end our tax cuts? $33 billion. A chunk of that's mine. Six figures of that is my money. I want my money back. I'm just saying. I don't mind. Like, apparently we helped out a lot with our intel, which we're going to talk about later. Our intelligence apparently was the thing that, that really made their them lasting this long possible. And... Fauci said the pandemic has passed us, but no, it's not. That's why he's not going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner. <sighs> Nobody cares, Hoggle. Stick with us. we got a lot more in store. Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately, we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible and gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Our Undersecretary uh, for Policy, Rob Silvers, is co-chair with our Principal Deputy General Counsel, Jennifer Daskal, in um, leading a just recently constituted uh, misinformation, disinformation governance board. So we're bringing, uh, the goal is to bring the resources of the department together to address this threat. We are mindful. Hmm. Yeah. You know, the whole thing, welcome back to the show, Dana Lasher. We don't need anything like that. We don't need any kind of like ministry of disinformation. That's ultimately what this is. I what's really wild is watching 1984 come into existence. This is double plus ungood, Kane. Huh, mhm. Double plus ungood. We're gonna have little kids snitching on us. This is gonna happen. Yeah. That's gonna be cutting. That's gonna be coming up next. <sighs> this is what they're focusing on instead of. How our U.S., how our economy is shrinking. It's a gut punch. It's it's contracting. And the administration is trying to spin it as well. It's not really that bad. The hell it's not. We're watching commodities increase. People are struggling to afford everything that they afforded uh, a lot easier under the previous administration. And they're worried about this whole thing. They're worried about Elon Musk getting control of Twitter. That's all they care about. Elon Musk got control of Twitter. And they're upset, so they created this 
ministry of truth run by someone who was pushing disinformation. You know who else did stuff like that? Didn't the Nazis create something like that? Yes, they did. Stop. I mean, every, every tyrant has created a, a, a disinformation ministry of truth. That's what it is. And people are upset because, as Kane noted, Musk spent his own money. And they're freaking out. They're trying to act like he's a bully just because we talked about this yesterday. Some of the executives are finally getting a little bit of heat that all of us have been subjected to because of their policies. Now, we have an economy that is cratering. Transitory is a year old today. The media is trying to run defense for the administration and then, like, CNN's just saying, oh, well, it's just quirky. It's a quirky contraction. Chimney. No, no. So it's not, it's, it's bad. And so now they have a disinformation. They're focusing on this. Gosh, this is just so, it's, it's just asinine. And, yeah, Kane thinks, and Kane's got his tinfoil hat on. I do, I always do. But it's just amazing to me. Not only is the the Twitter thing and the timing of Musk taking over Twitter and then them fearing no control over the narrative right. that they start this you know ministry of disinformation, right. but also it comes out as soon as Hunter's emails get published too. Wow, that's kind of really interesting, huh. isn't what it? What we learned from last year when we talked about Hunter's emails? Did you guys look at some? Because I I put the thing in there. Did you guys look at some of those emails? It was oh, yeah. it was pretty pretty ratchet. Those emails were pretty bad. Uh, there's some in there. Some in there were pretty innocuous, but others were not so much. Not at all. I, I just... The opposition to free speech absolutism and people thinking that that's like a pejorative is, is, is pretty stunning. And I think that at this point, if people on the left can't separate themselves and say, you know what, this is not our left anymore... This is not, I can't imagine Democrats, any actual like classical liberal saying, yeah, we're okay with this because we want to control the House. So we're going to be okay with this. If there were Republicans that were saying this, I would be disavowing the party. I mean, I don't have to prove myself and my record of holding my own side accountable. I've taken some heat from my own side before and I don't care. Like I said, I'm not in this to make friends. Neither should you be. This is about the business of the country. And to have a have something like this run by these tyrants and to have Mayorkas get up there and say, well, we're going to focus on disinformation. You should just not. First off, we don't. Why do we we don't need this? This is a taxpayer funded uh, persecution squad. These are people who were pushing misinformation. They have no statutory statutory authority now. To enforce anything, but just wait, they will. They'll give themselves that power. They will give themselves that power. See, if I were in office, I would prosecute people. I'd find some wacko law and I would salt the earth. I would prosecute them and I would make it public. It would be like a shame trial. Right? Just it would it would it would be heinous. They should be this it, people who are of independent spirit and liberty minded should be f- opposing this with everything that they have. It, this is really stunning. I mean, we joke about it, but it's actually incredibly stunning 
to have someone who is running, who's in government and who's going to be in charge of running a quote unquote disinformation board to say that uh, Elon Musk's free speech absolutism makes her shudder. See, that's the problem. They they're worried about too much speech. It's not that they're worried about too much speech. They're worried about other people being able to speak, period. It has nothing to do with their access to it. They're worried because they know that that you can be convinced they because the liberty minded people have better ideas. You, it, liberty is easy to sell. And if you cannot sell liberty, you suck. Just be quiet if you can't sell liberty. That's to have that platform. Gosh, that's just stunning. Can you imagine? This is how they are when they barely have power. Imagine if they had total control, what they would do. Imagine what they would do if they had total control. Right? Now, in the meantime, our, our economy is super resilient and it's just being masked. You know, that's just the recovery is, ma- is just, you know, masking the resiliency of the, of the economy. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Biden's imposed more restrictions on Arctic drilling. Did you hear about this? So while we are dealing with pain at the pump and then you had Russia decide to shut off. They said, look, we're going to shut off uh, gas to Poland if they don't pay us in rubles. We might do the same thing to Belarus. The National Petroleum Reserve, they're trying to now, they're restricting the space. Bureau of Land Management, the original BLM, the original burn loot murder, they are shrinking, is what they're doing. They are, they're, they're actually shrinking the amount of land uh, on which we're able to actually get energy. Uh, and the Bureau of Land Management had said that they actually prefer There was the Obama plan, and then there was the uh, Trump plan. The Trump-era plan opened up 82% of the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska. And the Obama plan had uh, enabled the government to lease up to 52%. And they had always said that the Obama plan was their preferred alternative for it. And so they issued on Monday a record of decision, so they formally affirmed that they were going to return to this Obama-era plan. Now, thankfully... Uh, we don't have to entirely rely upon the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska to make up our energy needs. But it's, you know, the North Slope is that's 23 million acres, Alaska's North Slope. It's I mean, it's a pretty significant area. And thankfully, with the shale uh, uh, revolution and our ways of clean and efficient extraction, if we're not as reliant upon that. But it's they're shrinking. They're shrinking it purposely to, again, push everybody over to. Alternative forms of energy without the infrastructure or the ability to actually be self-sufficient with said alternative forms of energy. Now, the, you know, they said that they were they were worried about waterfowl. This is one of the reasons why they are restricting leases. They're worried, Kane, about the nesting, breeding, and molting of waterfowl and the Teshekpuk caribou herd. Now, look, I... I don't like birds, I, but I do like birds that talk. And I love that bird, that African gray parrot on Instagram that ordered pork on Alexa with Alexa. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And it made me want to get an African gray parrot. That thing would be my best friend. I would sit at my desk and I would do my work, Kane, and it would sit on my shoulder like we're pirates. If only eagles did that. I'd have a pet eagle right now. Dude, I would love to have a pet eagle. Can you imagine if they were able to like also communicate, like, like mimic like that? Oh, gosh. 
Also, an eagle would be huge and it'd probably kill us, but that's okay. You know, they're raptors, right? Yeah, they're fierce looking. I don't, I don't want a pet eagle because they're fierce. Can you cannot tame the eagle? It is wild like the spirit of America. Totally would get an African gray parrot. Do you ever say, I, I don't want to play it because it's just, I'm going to go off into a ditch somewhere and we'll never get the show back. But it actually said Alexa. It went, Alexa? And Alexa responded. And it ordered pork. And she and Alexa put it on the shopping list because that parrot ordered pork. Alexa? So great. Anyway, if this was an African gray parrot, I would be like, let's pause for a moment. Uh, but And then the caribou. The thing is, is that the extraction that at, we're able to do, we have like the most innovative ways of extracting oil and LNG uh, that... I mean, it it has the smallest footprint imaginable to the environment. Now, what these people want to do is basically put giant acne craters on the, the surface of the earth in the form of rare earth element mines. Go and compare that to like the Keystone Pipeline. Have you seen the portions of the pipeline that were finished? Yeah. It's a happy little pipeline running through. It looks like a damn Bob Ross painting. Yeah. It's a little pipeline and it's running through a beautiful green area, and the trees are somewhat parted for it, and everything's happy, and all the animals are happy, and the birds are singing, and it's just like, you know, really nice. Just saying. It's like a movie. It's like a, it's like a musical. But I'm just, the point being is that they, their, uh, their actions do not support their, their stated objectives. And the caribou's tasty. I don't have a problem with caribou. I mean, for, you know, for the love. But it's they actually do more damage than they do help. I mean, they put these giant sky blenders up and they they mix all the birds up. Yeah. They chop them all up, chop up eagles, get in trouble. So they said that they're they're going to increase. They're going to shrink the land and increase these restrictions. Now, I had an interesting conversation for an upcoming thing that I did separate from radio uh, with the first. And I was talking to Tim Stewart, who is the head of uh uh, U.S. Uh, Oil and Gas Association. And he was saying, as it relates to Poland and dealing with Russia, because Pola conf- Poland confirmed that Russia said that they're going to cut off their gas that they don't pay in rubles, right? So you have Biden going over to Poland promising everybody, yes, we're going to make, we're going to provide your gas needs. Well, that's all well and good, except the problem is, is that uh, they don't, they haven't lifted the restrictions to allow us to be able to fully uh, meet those needs. So Biden goes over without consulting anyone in the gas industry. Biden goes over to Poland and is like, yeah, the United States, he makes all these promises without even consulting the gas industry or being able to accurately articulate what it is that the United States can or can't do. And then he comes back and he tells these gas gas extractors and the people in the gas industry, yeah, go ahead and meet this need. But he will not lift any of the restrictions or modify any of the regulations, which are just purposefully bureaucratic and burdensome for the sake of stymieing the industry and expansion. Won't lift a single one of those. And then what's going to happen is when that need can't be met, he's going to blame the oil and gas industry. That's what he's going to do, just like they've been doing with the 9,000 leases, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We got more to come, folks, as we get moving. We got, uh, I got a couple of things. What is the, oh gosh, we got to talk about the two words invisible lesbians here coming up. Don't worry, that is coming. And I promise you, it's a thing that came from the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Division. I don't even know why they tweeted that. So we got that and a bunch of other stuff to get in with you. National Border Patrol Council Vice President Chris Cabrera joins me to discuss how bad the border crisis is and how it's about to get much worse. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Cabrera says he could identify the root causes of the crisis in just a minute. 
I'll also react to an MSNBC host comparing Republican governors to Russian war criminals because of changes they want to make to our schools. Join me. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Red meat, black coffee, truth-telling. The Dana Show. Dana Lash here with you. Okay, so I have one dog now. We lost our other dog, I told you, back in December. And I want... I need another sassy animal because Louie was just a thousand percent sass and Rocco is a total sophisticated gentleman and he's making it too classy around here. So I'm like, I need, I need just a real sassy animal. And I keep seeing, we were talking about this bird last segment that ordered pulled that ordered pork on Alexa. And I'm, I'm, I haven't really been a bird person and then Steve was telling me, he's telling me this is not the correct video, but he doesn't have the correct video to share, so whatever. But he was telling us about this bird that sings drowning pools, let the, and I don't even like that band, but let the bodies hit the floor. So clearly, the person who owned this bird loved this song. I just want a bird like this, that's all I'm saying. puts everything into it already i could understand him better than i do biden (laughs) (laughs) oh now i have like all these heavy metal cockatiels and everything coming up my youtube's gonna be jacked now forever so sorry guys (laughs) everything is gonna be about south park and birds (laughs) the algorithms have no idea what to do with me they really don't oh my gosh so uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, they're going to be banning menthols and flavored cigars. What? They're focusing on the important things, guys. This I'm not I don't smoke. I well, I mean, I have a church warden pipe and every now and then I, you know, uh, but cigars, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fla- well, flavored cigars. This is so stupid. Why? They say it's essential to protect public health. I don't need you protecting my public health. Stay out of my wallet. That's all I'm asking. Oh my gosh. Simple. Oh, I'm not even from Jersey, but it's making me get Jersey. Stay out of my wallet. We're going to talk about this a little bit because, and why ban menthols? I don't. Why? I don't. It's like, why would you? I just. Look, I don't believe the government should be telling you what you can or can't do. Second hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. More of the Danish. We are certainly right now in this country out of the pandemic phase. Namely, we don't have 900,000 new infections a day and tens and tens and tens of thousands of hospitalizations and thousands of deaths. We are at a low level right now. So if you're saying, are we out of the pandemic phase in this country? We are. 
Okay, but you're not. But he's not going to the uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner because we're not out of the pandemic phase. <laughs> okay, okay, Hoggle, welcome back to the show. Tis I, your hostess, Dana Lash. It's so good to be with you today. We're feeling our oats today. That's what we really are. We're feeling ourselves today. Yeah. Uh, so Hoggle's not uh, going to the White House Correspondents' Dinner because he said that the pandemic isn't really over. But then he said in that soundbite that the pandemic was over. Jen Psaki was asked about, he was uh, asked about this at the press avail yesterday. Audio soundbite three, she says this. Uh, go ahead, Kim. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Dr. Fauci said on the PBS NewsHour last night, quote, this country is out of the pandemic phase of COVID. Um, what phase are we in right now? And also, if we are out of the pandemic phase, uh, why are emergency measures still in place? Well, what Dr. Fauci was saying is that we are in a different phase of this pandemic, and that's absolutely true. Last month, the president announced a plan for how we can move forward safely while staying on our front foot against COVID. As he pointed out, nationwide cases are relatively low, far below the 900,000 cases a day we saw during the Omicron surge, even as we've seen up Yeah, so it's still... Why is anybody even listening to this dude anymore? I, I know. All right, you guys want to talk about two words, invisible lesbians. Let's just get into it. What? You don't want to talk about invisible lesbians? I sent this out to you all in your prep email. So it's a real tweet. The U.S., I don't understand. They can't, the left cannot mean to save their little precious little baby lives. So the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, the verified account, tweeted, hashtag lesbian visibility day. And if you're not watching the simulcast on the first and only listening, let me describe it to you. They have a stock photo of a little girl sitting at a counter talking to a woman who is doing something. I don't know. There's a strainer on the counter. Also on the counter is a giant, exaggeratedly giant, like the size of a cocker spaniel wasp. Clearly not in real life. And it's the border of the wasp is all a glowy white. And then there's another woman who's cooking something in a skillet. And the words, what, are in front of her. And the little girl, the words are, look, mom's a friend. And I guess she's talking about the giant wasp. None of this makes sense. And then at the bottom, they have it captioned, it's not always this easy to find something dangerous in your home. Check for unsafe products. Consumer Product Safety Commission. And they hashtagged it Lesbian Visibility Day, I guess, because there are two women in the kitchen. And, well, neither of them are killing the wasp. That's for sure. (laughs) And they have hashtag Lesbian Visibility Day. That's what they captured. Also, there are women in the kitchen. Yeah. How sexist of you. There looks like they're making sandwiches. (laughs) Um, here's my question. I didn't realize that lesbians were invisible. So if they're invisible all but one day of the year, why aren't we using them in special ops? I mean, as I said earlier, imagine this, if you will, a platoon of invisible butches who sneak in murder tyrants. 
and prevent war. Yeah. Right? I'm just, this is a taxpayer-funded department. If they're invisible all but one day of the year, Kane, I would immediately be thinking, how can I use this in a fight? If I was an invisible lesbian, I would sign up for such a task on behalf of the government. I know some lesbians. <laughs> this is random. I've seen them with my eyes what? before, so maybe... They're all conservative, and they're and the trans activists hate them because they're like the J.K. Rowling type. Not not that she's a lesbian, but they're you know what I mean. Anyway, but I maybe I saw them only when the day that they were visible. I'm just really, but for real, like it's this is a stupid tweet. So I'm going to be as absurd in responding to it. We need to have you know why were we studying? Why did our taxpayer dollars go to study lesbian obesity? When we should have been studying lesbian in, lesbian invisibility. Right. Hello. <laughs> I mean, we have a clear tactical advantage here. Right? Okay, so sidebar. The Tiny Tina's game, because I'm a trap scallion. I made my character, it's spell shot, and then I did Stabomancer with it as well because I wanted to be able to have like, you know, more higher crit kill with melee. Anyway, long story short. Um, one of her powers, because I finished my skill tree for my spell shot, I totally did already. And I'm already like maybe, you know, a third of the way through for my Stabomancer skill tree. And one of the powers with my Stabomancer skill tree cane is that she can become invisible like that. Like I can choose. I can either do like a two spell shot or I can turn someone into a skeep, uh, which is stupid. Or I can like throw a blade uh, that just dissipates into the ether or I can just chunk, boom, chunk, and go invisible, which is really awesome when I'm like going to melee a giant BA troll. So my whole point is that why do we not weaponize it like that? Great question. Pfft, right? I'm made I of questions. I only understood invisibility and throwing blades in what you just said. Well, the people who played the Tiny Tina's Wonderland thing, they'll understand that. It's a horribly woke game. I mean, I can't stand the wokery, but the gameplay's fun, so I go along with it. I Like, when I need a break from Elden Ring because it gets too heavy, I go over. After I get killed a lot on Elden Ring, <laughs> I'll go back over to Tiny Tina's. It's like the toddler version of Elden Ring. <laughs> My first five seconds in Elden Ring, I got pummeled by a horse. <laughs> And it wasn't, it wasn't just a horse. It was like, <laughs> like if Godzilla and a horse were one thing, that's what I got. Came up out of the castle and I talked to the lady who told me I was maidenless, <laughs> which I thought was an insult and I tried to kill her and you can't. <laughs> and I got ran down by a horse. Uh, now I, I know. that people who just tuned in like 10 seconds ago. <laughs> I play games and I casually and I ran around the horse. So I and then I killed all the soldiers in the field, murdered all of them. They got all their money. Anyway, long story short, uh, this is dumb. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. That's dumb. It's dumb. It's so dumb. Why? Why? Like, why do we have this? And I don't. They, I mean, it is kind of sexist to assume that just because two women are in a kitchen that they're probably lesbians, right? I mean, I don't, oh, look, mom's a friend. It's just, just stop. The, I just hate the idea that, oh, something's invisible. So we're going to, gosh, if it wasn't for the people who told us 
you know, not to drink poison, I don't know that we would know lesbians exist, right? (laughs) We actually have to have a safety commission because we're too damn stupid, apparently, as a species in this country to figure out that maybe, you know, if I saw a giant wasp like that in my kitchen, I'd be pulling out my Mossberg. I'd blow this thing to bits, right? That's what I really feel like I want to redo this ad. Just saying. My first thought was just to turn the gas on on the stove, leave the house, and throw a match through the window. Yeah, if there's a wasp that big, and there's probably other wasps that big. But that's what this is what our government agencies are doing. And I guess this was supposed to be funny. It is so stupid. (laughs) Can you imagine what the Ministry of Truth will be tweeting in just weeks? I need someone to fact check this. There's no wasps this big. Also, are lesbians invisible? I mean, what? The wasp isn't a product either. No, sure isn't. So let's break this down just one more. Yeah. It's the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Yeah. This is a wasp. Yeah. Do they sell them like this? Where are they manufactured? Where are these wasps made? What? <laughs> and ignore the fact that the women are probably white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. <laughs> That's a different type of wasp. They look like sisters. <laughs> Sister lesbians. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, the wasp isn't a product. <laughs> no, I want to keep it here now. <laughs> okay, let's talk about menthols. So the, go- <laughs> the government, as I was just telling you last hour, the government, ladies and gentlemen, They are announcing, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, they're administering our foods and drugs. They have announced a proposed rule to ban menthols from cigarettes and to to ban flavored cigars. It is essential, they said, to protect the public's health cane. Yet, crack pipes are okay. They can not, not only are crack pipes okay, would you like a crack pipe? (laughs) It's the... Hunter Biden crack pipe made from artisanal glass, hand blown by crack addicts in the woods of Vermont. <laughs> I'm just saying. So crack pipes are all right, but not menthols. Here's a question. Flavored crack. Is that okay? Because if flavored cigars are bad, men- sidebar, menthol cigarettes why <laughs> in the first place why do, they, why do ever I, why do they exist you mean yeah i don't know. i'm not gonna lie i tried a menthol cigarette one time i've tried them too and it was like drinking air freshener through a cigarette what <laughs> what is the purpose of it isn't there fiberglass in it my yeah, mom's like there's that. fiberglass in those things and you're gonna get fiberglass in your lungs and die yeah I heard so i was that like too. ooh. Is that why they taste like that? We should get the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission on it. Yeah, I mean, why do why why right? It's like it just is weird. And then you had that flavor in your mouth for like didn't matter if you drank Listerine or not; it would just never go away. But I'm just wondering, flavored crack is that? I feel like we we need to ask that question because there's there's we're, I'm getting some mixed messages from the government on this stuff. But uh, so now we have a disinformation board 
and they're going to be banning flavored flavored cigars and menthol cigarettes. But crack pipes are okay. In fact, you can get them. That was a part of their... Well, they ended up having to walk it back and they tried to stealth edit it, but people had screenshots. Too bad. We have more to come, folks, as we are right in the middle of our second hour. Now, coming up, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr is going to be joining us because, remember, they people were appealing to the FCC to beg them to intervene and stop Elon Musk from acquiring Twitter. And Brendan Carr called it absurd. We're going to talk to him about this here coming up. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. All right, all right. So a few, where did all my stuff go? A few things here to touch on. First and foremost, well, I told you we got Brendan Carr is going to be coming up uh, because the FCC blocked, well, they said that they're not going to block Elon Musk from acquiring Twitter. Also, Maxine Waters tests positive for COVID. Aren't all these people like quadruple vaxxed and double boosted and whatever all that is? So she tests positive. Kamala Harris tests positive. Just say. Uh, Russian trained dolphins are reportedly guarding a naval base in the Black Sea. They're probably not very well trained. If anything, noting anything that their military has done thus far is, is if that's anything to go by. They said that they have satellite photos that show the orange tops of dolphin pins above water just inside the sea walls at the entrance of the harbor and it's the Sevastopol Sevastopol port it's Russia's most significant naval base they took it over remember because that was part of Crimea that's why they wanted to annex Crimea so they could take control of that port it's uh, a a deep water port that they have the other one was not was not was not uh, able to accommodate what they needed but they said that these dolphins, they're, they're to protect against underwater sabotage by Ukrainian special forces, according to... They've used dolphins before, apparently, from what, I've, from what I understand. Uh, let's see here. The um, <laughs> Oklahoma governor signs a law banning non-binary birth certificates, which is a first. That makes sense, it seems to be. The crowd laughs as the energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, is unable to plug in an electric car. She was not able to do it. She was trying to, she needed help. She tried to plug into an electric car and then she ended up turning to the audience and asking, how does this work? She actually did that. Well, there you go. She loves electric cars, though. Stick with us. FCC Commissioner Brenton Carr joins us next. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. I got in politics, involved in politics, because I think the greatest sin that anyone can commit is the abuse of power. Whatever that power is, the power of a teacher, the power of a a doctor, the power of a leader, when someone who is relying on you or you cannot, just the abuse of power. That's the president speaking yesterday. Very ironic considering also yesterday came about the, uh, what is it, the Disinformation Board of Governments, Governance, Ministry of Truth. Let's just make it easy. All right, welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Joining me now, he made news yesterday, and I loved, well, he used the word absurd. 
in his response to people who were demanding that the FCC get involved and block Elon Musk from acquiring Twitter. And the commissioner, Brendan Carr, joins us now via Skype. It's good to see you, commissioner. And I, I liked your response. It is absurd. Tell us why. Well, it's interesting, you know, being on Twitter the last couple of days, it's very different, I think, than just last week. And frankly, it's a breath of fresh air. Tweets are getting a lot more traction. You're seeing a lot more things. And Elon Musk hasn't even gotten under the hood yet. And so it's no surprise that there's going to be a bunch of organizations, particularly left-leaning organizations, that are going to throw the kitchen sink at trying to derail this transaction. Not because they believe in the neutral application of antitrust or competition law. It's because they really like the type of censorship that's taking place right now. And Elon Musk said he wants to head in a different direction. Not favor conservatives and not favor liberals either, but just give everyone a fair shake. That's a great, that's a good point. And we're really seeing just, I think, how dedicated people are to the idea of preserving free speech. I can't believe I've seen some of the people, uh, in fact, the uh, Nina Jankowicz, the woman who is to head up the Board of Governance, the Ministry of Truth, uh, who said that the idea of Elon Musk taking over Twitter and his free speech absolutism, her direct quote was, makes her shudder. She said that just last week in an interview with NPR. I don't think that free speech should make anyone shudder. Talk to us a little bit about this, because you have free speech and then you have speech that is not protected from the liability of legal consequence. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand this. Yeah, I mean, free speech is not a threat to democracy, trying to censor free speech is a threat to democracy. And a lot of people try to seize on Elon Musk's statement that he's a free speech absolutist. But what he's also said is I think about 10% of the stuff on the right probably should be, you know, not amplified, 10% of the stuff on the left. So that's what he's talking about. And, and what we are talking about here is core political speech. Should the Hunter Biden story about his laptop have been censored on Twitter? Should we have been prohibited from even discussing the potential origins of COVID-19? Should we be able to talk about mask eff- efficacy? And look, These are massive problems that our society faces. And the way we solve problems is to talk about them, to talk through different perspectives. And so it's a total head fake and straw man argument for people to say you either have to accept exactly the type of censorship Twitter does today or you're going to get terrorist speech and child pornography. You know, that's not what this is about. This is about poor political speech that has been censored up to now. Yeah, we're talking with uh, Brendan Carr, commissioner of the FCC. Uh, A lot of people have said this is a billionaire an oligarch, if you will, who's now owns another huge form of communication. But I don't remember any of those objections when, say, Amazon's owner Jeff Bezos purchased the Washington Post. I don't remember these objections with Ted Turner and CNN, the people who own Time magazine or The Atlantic. I mean, that that should that doesn't have any effect on whether or not someone should or shouldn't. I mean, that has no effect on free speech. What is your what what is your thought on on that private ownership of what is essentially defined as the public square? Well, the Jeff Bezos comment in particular was interesting to me. He sent a tweet uh, asking whether Elon Musk, because of his Tesla operations in China, is going to be subject to leverage from the CCP when it comes to censorship. And, you know, look, I don't lose sleep over billionaire on billionaire crimes, but it's quite ironic uh, for Jeff Bezos to be out there. He literally makes millions of dollars running CCP propaganda in the Washington Post. So I think that's quite ironic that coming from. But you're right. You know, billionaires owning means of communication, that's nothing new in this country. And and that's sort of why my view is we shouldn't have to rely alone on the hopefully benevolent views of this particular billionaire. I think we need to put in place some pro-speech guardrails that apply to the digital town square. It could be as easy as transparency, accountability. I think we should also impose some type of poor non-discrimination obligations to 30. So I'm not, you know, 
trust and hope in Elon Musk alone. I think that's great. Um, but I think applying to all platforms, we need some common sense guardrails because it is the digital town square. Where else do you get to converse with public officials, with journalists, with everyday Americans? It's so critical to our conversation right now. I feel like we were really unprepared as a people to deal with that. The idea that, you know, some of the town squares that we're going to be using or really, I mean, this one is is ultimately privately owned. And we're just we we're it feels like we're kind of playing catch up in terms of how to properly legally deal with that. With also also without infringing upon someone's right, whether it's their their property rights, their IP rights, etc. That's I don't envy your position in that because you ultimately have to make a lot of those decisions. Yeah, you know this is a challenging area. I think on the one hand, a lot of conservatives in particular feel instinctively this concept of private property that Twitter is a private entity, increasingly so, and that with private property we like to give people discretion to do what they want. But there's an entire separate line of Supreme Court cases that looks at when you have an essential facility coupled with abusive conduct, we step in. We did with cable. In the 1990s, cable was emerging as like a must-be platform, particularly for broadcast TV. So Congress passed a law, a must-carry obligation that says cable, given your essential role, you have to carry some channels that you otherwise would choose not to carry. And this goes back all the way to the railroads. Again, essential facility, abusive conduct. We can do this and we can do it consistent with the First Amendment. Where does that line, talking to FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr, where does that line come into play when talking about Twitter or social media platforms and Twitter just because it seems to be, even though only 27% of the public use it, it has more of an impact, I think, on uh, uh, policy and politics and culture, maybe so than Facebook, which seems to be, uh, people consume social media in different ways. Facebook is different from Instagram, from Twitter. Twitter really drives a lot of the news. Uh, it, so where does that line come into play where you would have to get involved or when the government's like, okay, you know, it, it, I'm trying to, because the argument has been made to treat it like a public utility. And so at what point does that become a consideration? Yeah, I think the way to think about this, the way I do, is think about different means of communications across a spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, we have newspapers like the Miami Herald, the mm-hmm. Supreme Court case, that they are involved in you know very particular editorial decisions, but every single article that they write. In that context, there's an exceedingly high bar for the government to step in and impose any regulation. The government shouldn't. shouldn't. On the other end of the spectrum, you have something like the internet, where you are principally a conduit for other people's speech. And cable, as I mentioned, I think is is closer to that internet environment where you're doing some editorializing, picking what channels to carry, but you're not doing the extreme type of editorializing that a newspaper does. So when you look at these cases in the mediums across this spectrum of editorializing, I say Twitter and other social media are in the main operating as a conduit for other people's speech, um, which supports the idea that we can come in with some common sense guardrails without infringing their First Amendment rights. Talking with Brendan Carr, FCC Commissioner, you had mentioned just a little bit ago, and I like how you put it, you're not really into the billionaire battle. You don't really (laughs) care how they how they fight. But there's 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 there is an interesting thought to it, because I know you have you have criticized for I was just actually reading a piece about this just this morning. Uh, For instance, Tim Cook over at Apple for the censorship with the communist Chinese governments and, and the hypocrisy therein. And I mean, obviously, Tim Cook is being influenced by how Apple is operating and they want to have that 
that business with the CCP. There's, you know, everybody was fighting about Disney, etc. They just they were removing from some of their Marvel movies any any sort of reference to any same sex anything in order to satisfy the censors in China and in Saudi Arabia, etc. The the accusation that's been kind of leveled in a in a very sort of uh, subversive way by Bezos there. He kind of took it back, but he did lay it out on the table. Do you is there a concern that if there is any kind of uh, property, you know, anybody who owns Twitter or Facebook, etc., is there a concern that if there is a relationship business-wise elsewhere with that entity and China that there's going to be Chinese influence? So ultimately, are you concerned that there will be Chinese influence because you have Giga Shanghai? Is that is that a concern that that you have? There's nothing that I've seen that gives me concern that Elon Musk is going to do the bidding of the CCP when it comes to content moderation on Twitter. But but I think your broader point is exactly right. When you have companies that are doing business in China or doing business with China, almost all of them bend towards uh, standing shoulder to shoulder with authoritarians. You mentioned Tim Cook. He came here to Washington, D.C., stood at a podium, gave a flowery speech saying how he stands for human rights, how he battles against surveillance states. And the very same time that he was giving that speech, uh, his operations in China were doing the censoring of the CCP and how that guy did not get whiplash when he looked up from his speech that his company's own conduct in China is is beyond me. And this idea we've been sold for a few years now by these global corporations as well. It's better that we're there. It's better that we're giving people a taste of freedom than not be there. I don't think the reality bears that out. Mm-hmm. China isn't becoming more free because Apple's there. Look at Hong Kong. Look at Xinjiang. Look at Shanghai right now. And so I think a lot of these companies need to fundamentally rethink their relationship with communist China, or at a minimum, don't come here and preach to us about your uh, battling in favor of human rights when that is just thrown out the door when it comes to turning a buck in, uh, in mainland China. Yeah, yeah. You and I have talked quite a bit about Section 230. And this happening with Musk acquiring Twitter is one of the reasons precisely why I never wanted to run into the let's repeal Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, because it could absolutely be used against Republicans, conservatives, independents, libertarians. Now we're seeing increased calls of revisiting either the repeal or the rewrite of 230. Now it's from Democrats. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I think you've been in exactly the right spot on Section 230 reform for a long time. I think it lines up with where I am. There's a couple things that 230 does. One, Section 230C1 essentially says if you leave someone else's speech up on your website, you're not liable for it, whether it's tortious or, 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 or otherwise. That's great. That's a pro-speech provision. We should keep that or keep something like that. The problem is Section 230C2, which has been read by the courts as giving websites carte blanche to censor and remove speech, not just with their First Amendment rights that we all have, but with these special 230 rights. So principally, when we talk about 230 reform, in my view, you got to get rid of or fundamentally reform uh, uh, C2 and let people make their own decisions. No one's going to be forced. This isn't like, you know, uh, what is it, Sandra Bullock and Birdwatch, where your eyes are going to be held open. No one's going to force you to follow someone. You can always mute. You can always block. Um, the, the, let people make their own content moderation. We don't need to rely on Twitter to do it for us. Yeah. Last quick question. You made a great point. When you when you can block someone, you don't have to be party to whatever it is that they're saying. And I cannot tell you, I know you've seen this on Twitter. How many people said, oh, Elon Musk blocked me. So I guess he's not a really a Mr. Free Speech absolutist. Well, you don't you don't you can still you tweeted that still, but you don't have the right to force someone to listen to you. Yeah. The pernicious form of censorship we're seeing right now is not I don't want to hear what you're saying. But the pernicious form is 
this idea that you're speaking should never be spoken, should never exist, shouldn't be heard by anybody. It should be totally memory hold. That's what we're seeing happen right now on Twitter. And if we don't want to listen to each other, mm -hmm. okay, you know, I, I like listening to, to opposing viewpoints. But yeah, that's not the problem. The problem is people are trying to disappear this speech entirely. Yeah, actually, I lied. My last question has to relate to the Ministry of Truth and the establishment <laughs> of this board of governance, this governance board uh, for disinformation. What what is your uh, how did you react to that when you saw that this was announced yesterday and that you have somebody so partisan who actually many people say and I'm one of those many people full disclosure engaged in promoting disinformation as it related to that Hunter Biden laptop which was very true and very much existed your thoughts on that whole issue and the creation of that board yeah you really can't make this up we usually use the phrase Orwellian figuratively and i hear here i think we can use it appropriately uh very literally i mean the idea that you have someone who you know was actively pressing this idea that the hunter biden story was either russian disinformation or came from the trump campaign i think similarly there was a lot of information pushed out there by this person on the steel dossier um and now they're going to be in charge of you know checking free speech in this country again free speech is not the threat to democracy dhs has no business standing up this task force bureau whatever it is uh, to try to go after speech they don't like. I, this is a big mistake, I think. Yeah, very big mistake. And I worry about the uh, implications of it as well. I am sure, well, depending on what they do, maybe they don't have the statutory authority to to enforce anything, as I understand it. So what's the, I, this is what's the point? It doesn't make sense. I guess we'll see. FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. And we appreciate your stance for, for free speech, actual free speech. Thanks, appreciate it. Great to be with you all. Thanks. Thank you. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Well, an ex-girlfriend is accused of trying to light a South Florida man on fire. Oh, boy. In my, it's coming out of Miami. A Florida woman is facing aggravated assault after she poured gasoline on her ex-boyfriend and tried to set him on fire. How is that aggravated assault? Wouldn't that be attempted murder? Yeah. I mean, you're setting the dude on fire. Police say that the victim, identified as DeAndre Blackshear, that's a great last name, by the way, sounds like a pirate name, was in the home's bathroom when his daughter said someone was screaming his name outside. And that's when he went outside, which was a mistake, and he saw his ex-girlfriend, LaSonia Peterson, screaming out front. Now, Blackshear told police that when Peterson saw him, she reached into her purse and pulled out a bottle of gin that she poured on him. Now, how do you let someone pour something on you? Don't you run? Yeah. And then she opened another container of liquid that smelled like gasoline. Peterson allegedly told Blackshear the liquid was acid. She poured it on him. Why did he not move? And then she took out a lighter and set the bottle on fire and threw it at him while screaming that she was going to kill him. Now, investigators say that Blackshear had no visible injuries, but he did smell like gas. They went to her home. The El Portal police, she was not at the residence. They called, they, she called police two hours later to say that Blackshear had come to see her and he was the one that had poured the gasoline. They arrested her on a charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. I just don't know how that isn't attempted, attempted murder. I mean, could just golly. Okay, so a Florida man tried to cut and then saw off an ankle monitor. And he used it with a hack. He used a hacksaw. Jeez. He's a, he's a Florida man in Putnam County out on bond for a crash that resulted in a man's death. 
So he was caught trying to solve his ankle monitor in a neighboring county. <laughs> Dude, his name is Homer Wiggins. Oh my gosh. Homer Wiggins. Dude. I just, Homer Wiggins, he fled Putnam County multiple times since last year, including after warrants were issued for his arrest. Wiggins was eventually arrested by Panama City Police after patrol, oh boy, he got in trouble surfacing himself outside of a restaurant. So he's, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's back in jail. Homer Wiggins. Ew. Folks, stay with us. we got another hour on the way. about looking now i want to tell you well, we've been engaged in negotiations with the other side on budget issues for a long time and when we were trying to find 200 billion dollars for a, a, a budget agreement when president obama was president i said in the meeting at the white house why don't we take 38 billion dollars why don't we take the 38 billion dollars that are there as an incentive to drill when the companies were making hundreds of billions of dollars in profits. I'm not talking gross, I'm talking net. They're making hundreds of billions of dollars in profits. They do not need an incentive to grill, to drill from the taxpayer. $38 billion. Do you know what the Republican response was? Hold on to your hat that you don't have on. What? What? She was like really agitated when she was talking. I'm a hands talker. To the point where when I first started on television, they were like, stop. Because I, and I'm not even Italian, but it's just got to talk with my hands, you know, can't help it. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. So the things that we've learned today, real quick, is that we're holding on to hats we don't have on. Okay. And also crack pipes are okay, but menthols are not. Invisible lesbians. Hmm. Uh, we had uh, you can find if you missed our interview, our discussion with uh, FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr, that'll be up on the YouTube page. So check it, check it. Can I play this? Because I I don't know how you can listen to this and not be worried about POTUS. Listen to this soundbite. I, he some, of, he uh, broke. That will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill-begotten gains <laughs> we're going to accommodate them <laughs> we're going to seize their yachts their luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains of putin's kleptocracy uh, yeah kleptocracy and club the guys who are the kleptocracies kleptocracy <laughs> <laughs> Say that right? Kleptopics? Kleptocracies? Jeez. Their ill begotten gains. The stuff that they didn't get, the stuff they got illegally? Just say that. Ill begotten gains, though. Dude, I'm worried. I'm a little concerned about him. He's uh, not the clearest speaker. Between him and Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, uh, I'm. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't have any words. I'm more concerned for the country. We were talking about the state of the, the state of the uh, situation with the economy. It shrank. The media is out there trying to spin it. New York Times says that it's really just masking, you know, the resiliency of the economy. So the economy shrank. 
It's still resilient, though. I'm not quite sure that that's that I would call that resilient. I, I don't think I would call that a resilient economy. And yet we're being told that that means, ladies and gentlemen, that it's not a recession that's looming. No, it's actually uh, in reality, it's uh, a sign of resiliency. Wrong R word to use there. It fell through the floor. Negative 1.4%. CNBC said that the negative growth rate missed even the subdued Dow Jones estimate of a 1% gain for the quarter. And GDP is measuring the output of goods and services in the U.S. for a three-month period. The The impacts of Biden's Build Back Better... If you just look at the data that the U.S. Department of Commerce, their Bureau of Economic Analysis came out with, it's bleak, y'all. The impact that his Build Back Better promises and his policies have had. So that town hall has a story on there was a panel on CNBC. They were discussing the already 40-year high inflation and that Americans are experiencing. And Thursday's GDP number, they said, would absolutely, it is absolutely going to bring discussions of stagflation and people are all, are starting to talk recession fears and you have serious inflation now you're going to hear stagflation and i think we have this i just dropped this in here i can play it this is uh okay this is rick santelli who and uh he was talking with joe kiernan about what this is going to turn into listen that's what we have to remember there's lots of of one-offs and distortions but it doesn't matter when you have heard people start to talk about recession fears and then you get a, a negative print on gdp you add into that just pretty serious inflation in the backdrop and then you're immediately going to hear the s word the stagflation word you're going to hear that again uh rick that's what we have to remember there's lots of mm-hmm yeah, and that's kind of what it is. GDP, GDP starts, it, it turns negative to start the year. That's what, that's stagflation, inflation and supply chain. And golly. And now they're talking on top of that. Biden's talking about cutting tax, uh, or, well, removing the tax cuts. And stagflation, you have slow economic growth, high unemployment, and rising prices. This is what we saw, well, what people who were alive in the 70s saw as a result of monetary and fiscal, the policies of our, the peanut farmer, Jamakara, Jamakara. <laughs> yeah, so high inflation, slow economic growth, high unemployment, boom, stagflation. It's, I think... It's what recession inflation is, I guess, like kind of the best way to describe it. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be a problem. You know what? You know what really could help? Government immediately stop spending. And drop taxes even more. Because what happens? People are going to get drop taxes. That's going to turn into revenue. The whole idea 
of that when people sit here and argue and they say that trickle down economics doesn't work you're a moron i'm sorry you can't do math and you should be publicly ridiculed for your stupidity so that other people are encouraged to become more educated i i'm really hardcore about this my um my oldest son in college is in his like second third economics class i don't remember and he's actually was doing a whole thing on stagflation uh, because I was asking him how, you know, how's school going, et cetera. And like one of his finals, he's got to do this whole thing for his economics class. And he even, I mean, these, co- I mean, he sees it and his college class sees it. And you realize that when you have higher prices, when you're paying an insane amount at the gas pump, you can measure that you're paying a lot more now than you had been previously when the cost of things that you need daily has increased. You're, 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 already, you're essentially getting taxed more because you're paying more for these items that you had not been paying for previously. Milk, bread, eggs, beef, you know, the stuff that normally I would kind of joke around and, and say that it's, you know, the snowstorm food, right? <laughs> Go get your bread, milk, and eggs. But prices have increased so much. Fertilizer. Um, there's a lot of like in a lot of basic stuff you have this coupled with uh slow economic or slow employment and high employment too because you shut down the economy you're talking announcing that we're sending you know however many billion here we're sending billions to ukraine we are uh promising billions for the build back better He's now saying that he wants to forgive loans of billions of dollars that people knowingly took out to pay for college. And then all these other the uh, all these other big infrastructure, big ticket items that he just wants to spend, spend, spend. He's talking about cutting and removing the Trump tax cuts. The Trump tax cuts are what propelled the economy uh, into ludicrous speed. It was the Trump tax cuts that made sure that the economy could serve that actually they if we hadn't had those that economy wouldn't have survived the, the the lockdown. It barely survived the lockdown as it was. He cuts them. He if he removes those tax cuts, the bottom's going to fall out. I promise you. Bottom will fall out when people have more of their own money. You, people need ta- people need. Not only do we need to maintain the tax cuts we have. I actually thought Trump, I wanted Trump to cut more. We need to actually cut more because people are already being taxed with the invisible tax, meaning they don't call it a tax with inflation. So cut taxes further to allow people to adjust for the the increased price of commodities. Stop the spending. Freeze any unnecessary unrelated to article one section eight spending and then look at defense spending the only thing we're actually allowed to constitutionally spend federal dollars on and take inventory of what what we're spending the budget on to make sure because it's nothing's a sacred cow just because it's constitutionally allowed doesn't mean that there's not waste in there make sure we're spending our money smart cut everything that's the only way to correct this it's the only way to correct it quickly Otherwise, it's going to be a multi-year climb out. And that's only if you do good things slowly. It's a disaster. The number one biggest source of financial stress amongst U.S. adults last month was managing their living expenses. 
30% of Americans are, are concerned about the cost of necessities like groceries and uh, gas and utilities. <sighs> That's really sad. And so now we have the administration talking about creating, out of all this is happening, they created the Ministry of Truth. It's just so ridiculous. So I'm just tired of it. Can, I just can't even imagine. He's only been in office for what? Near and a half? 14, 15 months. Jeez. And he's done this much. We have more to come. We got uh, headlines on the way. And you do not want to miss headlines. And then we got some more wokery to discuss. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. A farmer somehow discovered a 4,500-year-old goddess statue belonging to a biblical people group. It's the uh, Canaanite goddess Anat. Anat. It was found by a Palestinian farmer. It's 4,500-year-old stone statue. Uh, and it was in a city in the southern Gaza Strip. Can you imagine you're farming? And, oh, here's a 4,000... Oh, it's a chunk of rock. It's 4,000 weird-faced sculpture thing. I would immediately assume it's cursed. Just because. You know, it's an old artifact, probably cursed. Just saying. Let's go with the statistics on that. We've all seen horror movies. Apparently, there. I thought golf was a polite sport. Is it? I mean, we literally just had a story yesterday where a guy, it was a Florida story, a guy beat another dude over the head, shot him, ran, chased him and shot him multiple times, beat him over the head with a golf club because he was walking his dog near the golf course. And so now Kevin, Kevin Na and Grayson Murray had a golf fight and it exploded with, at, with the Mexico Open confrontation, quote, Drop your A-double snakes. It happened during the Sony Open. Murray, who was not on the field, tweeted that Kevin Na taking three minutes to putt them does get old. And Na responded, you missing the cut is getting old. And then uh, they started going back and forth. Murray said, if I, if I, I said, if I wasn't going to get suspended, I'd drop your blank right now on the range because what he said to me was very in- immature. Oh my gosh, they went back and forth. By the way, did you see the big fight on the Cardinals with the baseball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We all saw that. Uh, I think the dude deserved it, I'm just going to say. Also, we'll talk about that. In sports, NBC News was slammed after labeling a Jeopardy champion, Matea Roach, quote, lesbian tutor. Is she, though? And I thought they were invisible. That's what the... Was she Lebanese? Because that could have been a bad mistake. Though. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. NBC News, they're getting backlash. It's a viral piece they wrote about the history-making Jeopardy champ, Matea Roach. Uh, Roach, 23, has been on a winning streak, emerging as the victor 17 consecutive games, has won almost $400,000 as of Wednesday. NBC shared a tweet. They said the 23-year-old lesbian tutor from Toronto has amassed a, a total of $320,881, you know, etc., People in the alpha, the alphabet people got upset. And they said, is her sexual orientation really relevant here? Seriously, because in every other thing we do in life, 
Your sexual orientation is important and takes precedent. Precedent In the classroom, it's your sexual orientation. In a movie, it's your sexual orientation. Suddenly now, you're upset that the sexual orientation is included? Shut up! Ah! I'm Sam Kennison. Look what you people made me do. Stay with us. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Twitter, Twitter is run by Wokers. Wokers represent the crank wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, Wokers, as I've said before, are easy to recognize. Most of them uh, eat food only fit for rabbits. They almost always enter a swimming pool by the stairs. They also don't believe in free speech. I do, which means I respect the right of the Wokers to have their opinion. Yeah, I love Senator Kennedy. The stuff that he says, I still maintain that he's probably like the funnest person to sit next to at dinner. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Sign up for the newsletter chapter and verse over at Substack. And also make sure you find me on Instagram. I'm there. Facebook, uh, Rumble, YouTube, everywhere. But I'm most active on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I have accounts at other social media places, but um, I don't have the time or interest to update a frillion little million places. I really don't. I just don't. So, and we'll see. I don't know. I was telling Kane a little bit a, a little bit earlier. I can't tell if I'm can't tell if uh, the shadow banning is done or you were saying that they're trying to over wait correct their overcorrection. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, that's what it at least looks like to me. It looks like that somehow somebody there, when they locked out everyone from the source code and all of that, like to me, that's one telling sign that there was something going on, you know, internally there. So when everyone saw just the other day their followers jump by, you know, like you had 11 or 12,000 and overnight, there's some people that saw five or 6,000, some that saw 20,000. Oh, I am ghost banned. I just ran a test. And so then that news started circulating of, of people getting like thousands and thousands of followers overnight. And so I'm thinking this is correction of their overcorrection from the beginning. So here, I because there's some certain tests that you can you can run like certain things, and I tested, and yeah, I do have a ghost being on. I don't even know what that is. What the hell? Yeah, the uh, convent. Yeah, I'm totally banned. I totally have uh, a ghost being on. So. Yeah. Can we stop this garbage? Golly, you damn pansies. So afraid of free speech. Just can't stand it. Can't stand it. I'm going to ask Elon to stop this crap now. Because it's just old. I knew something was up. I knew something was up. You should run one on you, Kane. Are you doing it right now? So apparently I have no bands. No search suggestion ban, no search ban, no ghost ban, and no reply deboosting detected. Really? I mean, I'm not super active on Twitter anyway. Yeah. I mean, what's the point? What is the point? Yeah, so I'm totally shadow banned. I was like, I could tell something was different because yesterday I was getting like hundreds of and thousands of replies, and today it's like two. Yeah. I knew something was up. 
So, yeah. So I asked Elon to stop this garbage. I just, how frail, are, yeah, you are a person who enters the pool by the stairs. How, how, how just fragile are you that you are so terrified of people who disagree with you that you have to actually stop people from seeing them? Instead of just like meeting their speech with your own speech. It's so ridiculous. <sighs> These people are garbage. I maintain that they are garbage. Uh-huh. But they have the, uh, what is it? The, go- di- what is the stupid board? Disinformation Governance Board. That is, and I'm looking at all some of her tweets. I mean, she's has literally and repeatedly pushed the whole, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian misinformation. It's a Trump campaign trick. And then you have, <laughs> she, yesterday she got sassy. She tweeted, because, the, they, and this was her requoting her own tweet from October 22nd of 2020, where she was saying that all these former NATSEC officials, by the way, of the NATSEC officials they were quoting, they included a guy who perjured himself and another guy who lied under, uh, I don't know if he was under oath. He was in a, a Senate Judiciary Committee meeting uh, or Sintel, uh, where they, they were asking about intel and whether or not um, these, whether or not there was spying that was being done, the NSA, if they were conducting spying on uh, Americans and they lied about it. So just FYI, one actually did perjure himself under quote. Uh, you had Brennan, and then who's the, I can't remember the other guy now. Uh, we've talked about it a lot. So Nina Jankowitz retweets herself, and she goes, For those who believe this tweet is a key to all my views, it's simply a direct, vote from both, direct quote from both candidates during the final presidential debate. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It was the, it was the context and the manner in which she did it. So, Yeah. She's heading up the disinformation board. I hope that when Musk goes in, he should salt the company. Get rid of everybody. Absolutely everybody. Because all of these people are contributing to this nonsense. Every single one of these people, these policies, they, were, they kept saying, oh, these policies are to protect. They, they didn't do anything. They didn't protect anything except your viewpoint from the crucible of debate. Now, speaking of debate, where you don't have any, the hens over at The View, all these people are desperately doing backflips to defend their attendance at what is all, used to be cringe called nerd prom. It's a bunch of people who think th- that they're famous because they're partisan propagandists. They go to the White House Correspondence Dinner, and that's like their turn to pretend that it's like the Met Gala. And The View, who are not even White House Correspondence members, members they are going there and they're trying to defend why they're even going there in the first place. Listen. Fauci, Fauci, we at least can follow him. He changes things, but that's science, you know. Dr. Fauci also said he's not attending the White House Correspondents' Dinner this weekend after making an individual assessment of his personal risk. But President Biden is still going. Do you think that he should uh, maybe stay home? 
Look, isn't that, that, is what the super spread, that that whole dinner is a super spreader? I've been there many times. Yeah. There's a lot of people. They all sit on top of each other. Yeah, and and, yeah. and I've been there too. I'm I'm actually going to go um, on Saturday. But <laughs> listen, it, it is. You will be wearing a mask. I'm, I'm going to be wearing a mask, but not the entire time, right? Because we're eating. We're going to be drinking. Um, but the thing is, it's about personal assessment and personal freedom. Isn't that what everybody wanted in this country? Every, no one wanted the mask mandates. No one wanted that. And what uh, Fauci is saying is, is is in line with what the government is saying, what the administration has said, and what a lot of Americans wanted. You make that personal risk assess assessment. Fauci is um, 81. Um, he said uh, that, and he has never had COVID, and he has decided not to go because of his own individual status. I, got, I had COVID in December. Um, I'm over 50, and so I got my second booster, and I checked with my doctor who said, you know, you have a very low risk of getting COVID, and so... That's you what I think the president should do. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to resort to Oh, you have a low. It's okay. See, it's totally okay that we got... It's okay, guys. We can go to this. It's okay. It's a super spreader event, and you guys are participating in it. That's all. Just, just, just acknowledge it. They're defending being maskless in a big crowded room. It's a super spreader event. Why is it different? Oh, because we're double... That. Do you remember when What's-Her-Face Hate Behar would not even come on to The View? Because... Remember that? Yeah. She wouldn't even she wouldn't even go onto the view. She wouldn't even show up. No. I never met her. Any of the times I've been there, I've never met her. I think she'd hate me had I been there. Also, by the way, Fauci, yes, he's 81 and all that, but I remember back in December of 2020 when he was on live TV and got the vaccine. So I don't understand why he's so afraid if the vaccine is supposed to curb your symptoms and all that. Mm -hmm. What's he upset about? What's he afraid of? Yeah. Exactly. What's he worried about? I thought that it didn't. It's. I mean, it's endemic. Anybody who gets it now, it's It's like a very mild. I've known like a handful of people who've gotten it and they have had it. They had it once. Some of them had it when we got it over Christmas and they got it again. And it's even less virulent because they had the same exact symptoms that we did where it was really achy for the first two days. And then after that, it was, you know. And people can say whatever they want to about ivermectin, but I maintain that after my doctor, because I had such, I felt like a, like a hundred, a 100 year old. I like my knuckles and everything hurt so bad. I couldn't even hold a crochet hook. It was crazy. I couldn't hold a pencil. It was so, it hurt so bad. And that's what, that's what ivermectin does. It just treats symptoms. No one ever said that they cured it. That's something that the left made up and attributed to conservatives so that they could say that conservatives were saying ivermectin cures a virus so that they could make us look like goofballs. Nobody said that. But it did help. It helped with that. Um, but we had friends who had it about the same time that we did over Christmas. Exact same symptoms. Exact same severity. And they got it again. And they were like, we didn't even know. We just had sniffles. And I had a leftover test that she had ordered, uh, my friend. It wasn't one that uh, the government gave to her that was made in China. And she said she took it and it was positive. And then so, so she went to one of the tests, like a CVS, and theirs was positive. And so she's like, I just, you know. That's, I mean, she's like, it's like a mild cold. She's like, I had it before. I had it over Christmas and it was a lot more. It was a lot stronger. The symptoms were a lot stronger. So mm, telling you. So I changed my my uh, header photo over at Twitter to my ghost ban. Because <laughs> Twitter's a I, I knew it was going to be like this. It's going to be like touch and go. So all these people are still like there are a lot of these people are still banned. Some of them, they're they uh uh, they have reply deboostings and all this stuff. And it's all conservatives. 
So, yeah, you have some people there who are going to try to they saw the media reports. And I think, as Kane said, they're going to try to over correct the overcorrection is what it is what it is. But I changed it anyway, because it, it's just it's it's stupid. The fact that anybody has to do this, it's so stupid. So it's not going to be fixed overnight. You know, it wasn't going to be fixed overnight. He hasn't even been able to get in there and look under the hood at anything because he's not the ink still is I think the ink still has to be uh, well, has to dry because they still have to go through a couple of other things. Politics, pop culture, and whatever else gets canceled, tossed in a blender, paid for by sponsored hate mail. It's the Dana Show. Hmm. Make sure you sign up for the newsletter, uh, chapter and verse over at Substack as well. Make sure you do it. All good stuff. And we just did on break ran a am I shadow band a test for the. Radio show account, Dana Lash Radio. Totally shadow banned. I got a ghost ban on it. And I, I kind of figured that too because I could see interactions with that. I blame Steve, DJ Fun Uncle, for that. Only just because he runs it. I mean, we can tell them that you're like a reformed, like, Democrat, maybe. Well, here's the thing I, I don't care about that, but then you tag me on Twitter. And I normally have my notifications up because I have like 500 followers, but then you tag me and it's like. Like all day, my phone won't stop ringing. I'm gonna tell everybody to not tag Steve. I'll I'll put it in the. I, I, will it help if I put it where I said this is all DJ Steve nah. uh, Jones's fault? No, it's okay. I'll just say don't be very careful to not tag him. I will say our this. my first follow since you tagged me was our friends at Patch Ops, so that's fine. Yay! Awesome. See, see, I mean, it go, it does get you some interactions. You know, okay. I'm just saying it does. You know, it serves it serves that it does serve that purpose. So I'm just saying, no, I was joking. I'm like, well, it's all his fault because Steve kind of he posts a lot of the stuff up to that account. So we're just going to blame him. But and you were you were you were as well or no, Kane? I don't remember. No, they left me alone. I'm the, I guess I'm not active enough on Twitter for them to give a crap. I'm not even I don't even post a lot. I don't. I mean, I post more than the average bear, but I don't. There are other people that post way much more than I do. Um, I don't post a lot. And I'm not even like there on the weekends, really. I mean, unless something crazy happens. I'm just not. But I don't know. Can I hear that one thing where Biden, his brain broke one more time? I feel like I just need it one more time. Our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill begotten gains. We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah, kleptocracy and the guys who are the kleptocracies. (laughs) But these are bad guys. That video that we played of the parrot singing along to drowning pools, let the bodies at the floor, sounded way more, it made way more sense than Biden did. Yeah, when parrots articulate better than the president, that's a bad sign. That one parrot ordered pork from Alexa. Right. Had pork added to that grocery list quicker. Biden doesn't even know what Alexa is. No, I probably doesn't. No, probably doesn't. So, uh, yeah, I want Elon Musk to hurry up and change this dumpster fire that is Twitter because I already can see a difference in my yesterday it was crazy because I had more than I could see people's accounts today I noticed I'm not seeing as many people and I know people are out there having discussions they're just not even coming up on my timeline which excuse me it tells me that they're also 
shadow banned. So just saying. Uh, and But we'll keep, uh, I just saw my friend uh, Harmeet Dillon, who's an attorney. She was responding to Nina Jankowitz, who's going to be taking over the uh, Disinformation Governance Board, Ministry of Truth. And Nina Jankowitz is on Twitter arguing with people right now. She said, here's my official portrait to grab your attention. Now that I've got it, a huge focus of our work, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the department's commitment to protecting free speech, et cetera, et cetera. You're on, you're on Twitter. She's on Twitter arguing with people. Hamid Dillon goes, I hope you like lawsuits. Get ready. The disinformation board head is on Twitter arguing with people. All right, today's stupidity, Kane. Whew, I know. It's believe it or not, it's our president. Um, he was talking. My guess is he's talking about the 1950s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. But um, this is what he said. You know, it, uh, parenthetically, if you think about it, what was the reason why we led the world beginning around 1905, six, and seven, and eight? Because we became the first nation in the world to have universal education. Is that the reason? Because I thought we were just kicking A and taking names. But yeah. So I guess he meant 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s. What's 19, 5, 6, 7, and 8? I don't. It's like a broken Sesame Street episode. Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, there it is. Yeah. Good stuff. There you go, folks. That does it for us today. Tomorrow is actually Friday. It's actually Friday tomorrow. I'll be back with you behind the mic then. Still shadow ban probably. Have a great night.